Blog Talk Radio. Chuck Morse here, Chuck Morse Speaks, Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as I once again launch into another hour of radio talk from my catbird seat right here in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the program. You're welcome to join, of course, the conversation, 347-327-9849-347-327-9849. Michael Wanowitz from Our Lady of Sorrows Roman Catholic Church should be with us hopefully shortly. Uh, We may have had a miscommunication earlier about that. But uh, the program must go on. The show must go on, as as it were. Um, I am very involved right now, uh, I would say, honestly, in a lot of um, business communications. Um, You know, something that was said to me recently by a, a pretty... A significant uh, ad agency executive uh, in a meeting that I had a last a couple of days ago, actually, to talk about the um, the interviews I'm doing uh, and the podcasts I'm creating for for various clients, is that um, he said that he thinks that broadcasting in general, radio broadcasting, television broadcasting, national media in general, is changing. And the change that he cites is a trend toward away from this idea of uh, of firing off these sort of literal broadcasts. In other words, uh, broadcasts going out across the ether, these gigantic airwave messages, whether it be through talk or radio, um, through large areas, you know, whether it be across states or regions or even nationally. And that instead, media is moving more toward not so much local, because it's not local, but actually toward friends. In other words, toward circles of influence where one can communicate through their social networking with various people that uh, they choose to associate with, people that uh, friend them, so to speak. And that uh, this is the wave of the future, which in a sense is a um, a revisiting of the most traditional forms of media, which is the way it used to be done. I mean, in the colonial days in this country, the way uh, talk was done, so to speak, and this is obviously before radio was invented, was that people got up on a little box in the downtown common, and they would... Uh, they would you know make a speech and they would take questions um in a sense the internet has made it possible for anyone to go on the radio anyone to go on television through their youtube account anyone to write an article without the benefit of a newspaper publishing uh it and uh, you know editing it and whatnot and have that article reach uh, a, a pretty broad area through their blog site, Um, and that includes internationally, not just in a state or region or in a country, but all over the world. 
I mean, I can tell you that my blog site, Chuck Moore Speaks, um, on that site I have access to um, a look at who is logging on. I can't see exactly who because they don't tell me the the email address or whatnot, but I can see where they're logging on from. And I get people reading my articles from all over the world. I actually have a lot of people who read my articles for some reason from Sweden and also from Russia. I get hits from China. I get hits from Nigeria. I get hits from Brazil. I mean, I'm everywhere. And um, in that sense, I am building up my own little media empire, my own little media world. And I think that this ad agency executive has it right when he points out that this is the way of the future. This is where media is going. We're no longer going to have the big, 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 big websites and whatnot. We are instead going to have these uh, these various means to reach people. I mean, right now I am doing this broadcast um, through uh, Cyber Station USA Radio Network and, of course, the affiliate stations, which are traditional radio stations. Um, let me just see if Lars is with me there. I think he is. Um, and the affiliate stations, WWPR AM in Tampa Bay, Florida, and KSKQFM in Ashland, Oregon, and Blog Talk Radio. Now, Blog Talk Radio, of course, has a lot of people doing these blog shows. Um, not as many do them every day like I do, but a lot of people will do a one-hour show a week. And um, once you do the program, you go live on Blog Talk. It is, It, of course, is accessible to anyone who wants to listen through the stream. But additionally, it is uh, something that you get a podcast of. In other words, after the program, you automatically have dropped into your email box a little tape that uh, you can then use for promotional purposes. You can send that around to people you want to hear, that you want to have hear it. By email, you can post it up on a website. It's amazing. It actually is quite something. I mean, it's... uh, you know, that can be uh, delivered anywhere in the world by email if you have the right access to email addresses. And the, in the case of Blog Talk, there's a fee, but a lot of the things that I'm talking about here are not are, are free. Um, you know, uh, the, uh, the business besides, uh, I think that it's not so much YouTube, but uh, this Ustream, which, of course, is a sponsor of Blog Talk, you can create a video of yourself talking and being seen, uh, and some people are doing this in a way that's quite quite slick. I mean, I think that's how Justin Bieber started out. He, he was doing, uh, you know, videos on on, a, on his YouTube account, and uh, the thing went viral. That's you know, in a sense, some of the more recent media stars have done this. They've 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 caught on through um, either YouTube or or Blog Talk or or one of these outlets. And, and all of this, by the way, or most of this stuff, is free. So I don't know how people are going to be staying in business. And at the same time, I'm not sure how I can stay in business because through the blog talk radio and now through um, on regular radio, I am offering um, these, um, these interview podcasts to uh, clients. In other words, if you're a lawyer, you're a businessman, you're a doctor, you're a medical person, you've got a small company, big company, you, 
you're branding a product, you want to, or you just want to come on the radio and uh, talk about your resume, talk about your background, tell a story. If you're an author of a book, you can simply contact me, and I will put you on the air. Uh, we'll talk for an hour. Uh, that will be at the studio at Unregular Radio, which is in downtown Boston, and which is an excellent studio. And it's a lot of fun going there. Or you can do it either by telephone or by Skype, which um, it's not as good, but it's still quite important and quite valid. So, um, yeah, I mean, these are these are all aspects. These are all functions of um, of, of what people can do. And, and plus, obvious, and plus, certainly, if you if you do join me at Unregular Radio or by phone. And we talk. And by the way, if you're going to do this, please contact me, and we'll schedule it. And I'd like to talk to you in advance, or, or at least communicate with you through email, so I can get some background on, on who you are and what it is you're doing. Then, once the interview is concluded, and that interview is live, and it goes over the airwaves, uh, or the I should say, over the over the uh, internet, um, then you get. And by the way, they've got a lot of listeners. I've, I've always gotten calls every time I've done it over there. Uh, once we do that, you then get a podcast of that interview, which you own, and you can use to promote your product or service in an indirect way. It's kind of creating a buzz for for that which you are, that which you do. So give me a call. Check it out. Contact me about that. And uh, I, I'd be happy to um, talk with you, meet with you, and entertain the idea of having you come up and do a one hour with me on the air or, and even join me live in the studio and perhaps do regular broadcasting uh, with me so that you can really get some experience. I've, I have a, I've been in this business for quite a while now, and I pride myself on, over the years, putting people on the radio and develop, helping them develop as radio personalities. You know, I, I kind of play the role, at least it seems, as somewhat of a facilitator, I act, you know, I don't get into necessarily heavy politics on the air, even though I am a political person. I'm more there to help the guest expert develop who they are and to talk about themselves, what they do, how they got to where they are, why they're there, what it is they're offering, why I need to know it. And, um, and so that's that's the job I do. That's what I'm paid to do. And there is a fee for this, by the way. It's not expensive, just so you know. I'll tell you what it is. It's $135. And what you get is an in, a, a live interview with me, a seasoned veteran radio talk show host, uh, for one hour. And then you get to keep the podcast of the show. Now, I tend to think, and again, I've been in this business a while. I've been doing this now for probably for more than I want to admit, but let's just say I've been doing it for over 10 years. I am under the, uh, I am in the belief that Internet radio is the future at this point, um, especially for talk radio, but also for music. Uh, I'll say this for two reasons. First of all, my 14-year-old daughter is a good barometer of what people will be doing in the future. I mean, besides the fact that she is the future to me and she is my future, she represents a certain typical person of her age, as do any 14-year-old kids, 
and she likes to listen to her music, but she never listens to radio. What she does is she has her her little gizmo, you know, from, from Apple, and she downloads songs on that gizmo and listens to them when she wants to and uh, how she wants to. Um, she can, some of those things, most of those things, there's a small fee to do that, uh, but um, it's it's affordable, and she has hundreds of songs all arranged just as she wants them arranged. And and also, she doesn't even necessarily watch television like I might have done when I was that age because she has access to Internet you know, programs that she wants to see. So the Internet's the future. The other factor I, I said I would mention, too, is the demise of, of radio talk in the city of Boston. Uh, Boston was, in its day, the mecca for talk radio. My experience in, listen, in terms of listening to talk radio in Boston is what has what brought me to this business. I mean, I, I love talk radio, and I love what I'm doing. Uh, in the 1980s, 1990s, we had giants in this business. The late Jerry Williams, the late Dr. David Brudnoy, Gene Burns, who I think is still broadcasting out in um, I think he's in San Francisco now. Um, we had uh, various other people who uh, made the rounds and who were very, very good. And uh, and for a while, there was a WTKK made a go of it on FM. Um, you know, and they had some pretty good shows over there. I mean, they had Michael Graham, who I think was a great talk show host. Um, you know, in my opinion, with all due respect, I think that. Um, that Marjorie Egan and, and Jim Browdy were, were mediocre at best. So they were kind of filler, you know, they're crappy radio. I mean, they just sort of did, you know, they'd come in and they would, you know, basically piss away three or four hours. I mean, I, I, I listened to them and, you know, maybe I have a little bit of anger toward them because I, I understood through the grapevine that they did not like me at all. So, <laughs> you know, here I am still at it and they're gone. But but the point is the point that I'm making here is that um, in the past six months, three radio stations have pulled the plug on talk radio in Boston, both left and right. On the left, you had <clears throat> Revolution Radio pull the plug with Jeff Santos, that arrogant, smug, used to giggle all morning. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Sarah Palin. Ha 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 ha. Everything was just so funny, so mirthful, um, very, very snot. You know, typical good, good opportunity to listen to someone on the left. If you want, I, I would listen to Jeff. I would listen to uh, Jeff Santos in the morning, so I could know what my former co-host, Dr. Patrick O'Heffernan, was going to be talking about in the afternoon. And it was almost like these guys have a little computer chip, you know, knocked into the back of their heads. They had the same, literally, the same thinking, the same talking points the same gray ideas, and most of it lies. And uh, But by listening to it in the morning, I kind of got my marching orders in terms of what to expect, what the left is up to, and I was able to put it into a context that was true, which was what my job is as a radio host, or at least as I see it. But anyway, nevertheless, I'm bringing this up because that radio station went black. Um, I think probably in September or October, 
Um, and uh, they, they included not only Jeff Santos and a couple of other live people, some of them very good, by the way. Samantha Clemens was very good, and she's been a guest on this program a couple of times since. She had, I think, a one-hour weekend show. And she was a talent. I mean, she actually had some substance to her. Um, but also Rush Radio has gone black. I mean, uh, and that meant, uh, uh, you know, um, who is the guy there in the morning? Uh, Jeff, um, what's his face? Um, the morning host. Um, I can't even remember his name right now. But um, and, and I did not like him very much. I mean, I thought he was he had some good guests, but he always was one of these guys that, had there was a certain insecurity about him on the air. He would have talked in a bubble. Hey yeah. Which uh, I found grating. But, you know, not a bad guy. Good, you know, well meaning and, and pretty smart. Uh had uh, all the local politicians on, both liberal and conservative. At least of the liberals that would go on with him. Well, they they had the plug pulled from them and then of course this this very month, I mean, right at the beginning of the year, WTKK pulled the plug, and that, of course, is, again, Michael Graham and Jim and Marjorie and, and them, and, and that's a pretty big station. That's much bigger than the the other two mentioned. So as a result, there is really nothing left in Boston other than WRKO, which, of course, was the flagship station, and WRKO got rid of their afternoon programming to bring back Rush Limbaugh, which is okay, but Rush Limbaugh is not local. So you have the national show there. And the only real local shows are Jeff Kuhner in the morning and Howie Carr in the afternoon, both of whom are great. Um, I would, you know, they're both really very seasoned and very, very excellent hosts. I've got nothing negative to say about either of them. Um, except I will say that I've noticed, and this might just be something that appears to be the case this past week, but there does seem to be a lot more commercials than there were, maybe because RKO is cleaning up from all of the uh, sponsors and advertisers who have dropped out of the other shows. But, I mean, how many commercials can you listen to? If you're going to run that much commercial time and you're having your host read those many commercials. I mean, Jeff Cooner, I feel bad for him. He's reading commercial after commercial. I mean, I know they're trying to make a buck, and they're probably trying to grab as much as they can, but it does tend to take away from the um, the ambience and the flow of the program after a while. I mean, if you tune in and they're still doing a commercial, and then you tune out and you tune in a few minutes later, and they're on to another commercial, yeah, I think that they're going to lose people. I mean, I, I don't think that's – I mean, they make a, may make a buck in the immediate, but in the long run, they're going to hurt themselves. And it looks to me like that's – unless they change that trend, that's probably where WRKO is going. Of course, the other talk show host in the business is, is Dan Ray, who is on at night. And I think there's an overnight guy over there. I know that um, that would be on WBZ. And he's great. I mean, he's a classic uh, host. Very, very good, and I appreciate the fact that he had me on his program when my book about the Grand Mufti came out, and I appreciate that. Um, but uh, but that's it. That's it in Boston. So I do believe that this means that the uh, radio is going Internet, just like what I am doing right now. I think that inter the Internet radio phenomena will pick up because more people are either sitting by their computers 
like my daughter is, although younger people are not listening to talk right now, and or they've got Android devices, they've got cell phones, they've got all of that stuff, and you can listen to these programs through uh, through an app. Uh, in fact, uh, CyberStation has the Stitches app, and I think that um, Unregular Radio has an app, and, and that basically you can have access to any program you want, any time you want. Uh, that seems to be where media is going as opposed to just live. That's even where television is going with a TiVo. People program it so that they they can have their favorite program, you know, bookmarked, so to speak, and I suppose pre-recorded. I don't know. I don't have it. But um, that way they don't have to be there at a certain time to watch it. They can just set it up so they can watch it later when they come home or when they feel like watching it. So that that seems to be where things are going. I mean, I, I personally like the phenomena of live talk. That's what I'm trying to do, not only here, but I'm hoping to establish the program over at Unregular Radio. Besides selling these one-hour paid podcasts, I also am trying to find sponsors for the program so that I can go on the air over there, and uh, it would be worthwhile for me and for my sponsors but uh, that remains to be seen. My goal, my loose goal is to have that done by February. Uh, I probably more realistically won't have it done until March, but um, I'm going in that direction. And the way I'm doing it in terms of reaching out to people is strictly through the Internet. Um, I am spending an enormous amount of time every day right now and have been doing this since Christmas. Um, I spend several hours a day sending out emails to people, introducing myself and suggesting that they do these um, one-hour interviews at on regular radio and they get a podcast and that these are sponsored. I mean, as I said, this is a paid uh, arrangement. So far, I've booked three of them. Of the three, I've done two, and the third one is coming up on Friday. So. I think that's very promising, and there's been a lot of positive response. Uh, but the way I am promoting it is through my social networking sites. And the big social networking site, and I, don't, I certainly have no problem discussing this, is LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I've been on to LinkedIn now for a while. Um, this goes back for me for a few years. But uh, LinkedIn is, as far as I can tell, the best professional site out there. I have built up a social network on LinkedIn in which now I have over a thousand people who are part of my circle of friends. I can communicate with them anytime I want. And some of these people are people who just actually don't like me very much, but they've decided to link with me mainly to keep maybe to keep an eye on me. I don't know. But I am able to send them emails through LinkedIn. But more importantly and more interestingly in my opinion through LinkedIn, I am able to join these various groups, um, and those groups usually have a certain theme to them, whether it be you know, Boston advertisers or Boston media or Boston uh, lawyers or Boston health insurance, Boston real estate. And what happens is that when you join these groups and you're accepted into the groups, and usually most of them are fairly lenient in terms of accepting you. You know, some of them aren't, but uh, most of the groups I've applied for, I have been accepted. 
And once you are, you then have access to all of, not all, but most of their members. If you want access to all, you have to pay for LinkedIn. And right now I'm trying to do everything for free until I'm up and running income-wise. So what I'm talking about here is free, and most of the stuff is free. I don't know if I'll ever need to pay for LinkedIn because I'm so busy doing all of the things that I want to do for free and there's so much for me to do. I mean, I don't know if I can handle anymore. So, I mean, I, you know, through the free service on these uh, clubs, I have access to hundreds and hundreds of people uh, who are also members of these clubs. And what I do is I run down the list of members, and they usually give you access to 25 pages of those lists, each page having probably about 15 people on them. So, again, we're talking about um, – couple of hundred people at least, you do the math, you go down the list, you see people who might be interested or who you think might be interested in your product. In this case, we're talking about my on-air interviews and podcasts, and you click on the name and you send them a note. It's that simple. And uh, the response has been phenomenal. So what I'm doing every day now is I just sit there by the computer and I send out hundreds and hundreds of these notes. It's not spam because I'm looking through the list and I'm choosing only people that I think would be might be interested. I mean, some people may say that it's spam because I don't know these people, but you know they are members of this group along with me, so that that's some association. You know, plus oftentimes they have shared friends with me, and LinkedIn tells you that. So, you know, it's not totally cold. I mean, they do know. You know, they, I'm not just. I actually think this is much better than cold calling, or it, which is what nobody does anymore, which is what how sales used to work back in the day, or even cold emailing, because these are people, again, who I'm doing through a social system, that being LinkedIn, and through um, a specific group in LinkedIn that they've joined. So I think that there is at least some semblance of a, um, you know, of an association there, and as a result, I am developing not only my LinkedIn uh, network, but I'm also contacting people. And, and then by doing so, not only do they hear from me, but um, they've, got, they've got an expansion in, um, in uh, the LinkedIn. So let's just see. All right. That's okay. Uh, Mike Iwanowitz can't make it today. That's fine. Anyway, um, so that's what I'm up to. That's what I'm doing every single day. I'm contacting LinkedIn. Now, the other thing that I've discovered, by the way, through LinkedIn and through being a part of a group run by this guy, Ryan Dice, who uh, is kind of a media, you know, kind of a marketing guy, I discovered through a note that came in through his group that, and this doesn't cost anything, which is amazing, that I can publish my books uh, on uh, Amazon uh, Kindle, and it's it's at no charge. In other words, I can now self-publish for free. You know, the self-publishing business is one where they want lots of money to publish your book, and then they give you a little bit of money back. Well, this is self-publishing for free, and you get a lot of money back if you sell the book. And I am really excited about this opportunity. So as a result... I have taken my manuscript for called The Monkey Trial, 
uh, evolutionary politics in the post-traditional age, which previously I had been selling as a PDF on my blog site for $3.75. And now I have, instead of doing it that way, I am selling it as a Kindle. And it's still $3.75. Amazon, every time one is sold, Amazon gets 30%, which comes to about a buck. I, would, I think a little over a buck. They get maybe a buck and a quarter. And I get the rest, which is about two bucks and 50 cents, I think. Yeah, two two fifty. So it, it doesn't cost me a dime. They have published my entire manuscript. My dear daughter, my fourteen-year-old daughter, who is very savvy with the Apple computer, she created a cover for me, basically based on the specifications I, that I, I mentioned, I gave her. But she created a cover the way I wanted to look. I fastened the cover to the book, I sent the cover to Amazon, and I sent them the manuscript, and voila, yesterday they sent me back a note saying that the book is published, and it's now available. This is a big book. It's 80,000 words. I worked very hard on this book. I I, I wrote it over a one-year period. Now it's available, and now, now that it is available as a Kindle, I am sending out links to it to the media with the hope of getting interviewed on the radio, the hope of getting a book review, the hope of getting, you know, whatever, television, however I need to promote it. <clears throat> and when I do promote it, I can direct the listener to Amazon Kindle, uh, where they can buy it. So to me, this is like amazing. I mean, it kind of does away with the need for publishers, really. It means that books can now be self-published for free. Now, Kindle is, of course, um, part of the Amazon network. And, you know, Amazon is no, um, you know, there are no slouches over there. I mean, it's huge. They've got connections. You know, that's uh, the biggest. They were the first ones in the business. And uh, they've got, you know, they've got, I think that they said that there's almost a billion people now who are on uh, the Kindle. So Kindle is the way. In a sense, just like Internet's the way of the future for radio, Kindle is the way of the future for publishing. And one of the dilemmas that I, as a as an author, as a, you know, basically a, a, not a big author, not a well-known author, I had with Kindle was that if I went to a publishing house, the publishing house you know, to, to sell a book on Kindle, it has to be a lot cheaper. And the publishing house gets, you know, Amazon gets 30%. Then after that, the publishing house gets 70%. What is the author left with? The author is left with pennies. But now, with the fact that I don't have a publisher, I can go right on Kindle myself, and I get to keep 70%. As I said, so to my way of thinking, just from a commercial standpoint... This is an extraordinary opportunity, uh, one that I certainly, you know, would not let up. Let me just see what's going on here. Um, Maybe I'll take a brief commercial break and see see what's happening here. You're listening to Chuck Moore Speaks, and we'll be right back.
are back. Chuck Morse, Chuck Morse Speaks, Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. You're welcome to call in to 347-327-9849. 347-327-9849 is the number. Um, the, uh, I was talking about uh, the, uh, the business issues uh, that I'm dealing with anyway. So I've got my book, The Monkey Trial, Evolutionary Politics in the Post-Traditional Age, up on Amazon Kindle as of yesterday. Now I am now that it's there and this is you know to me this is like immortality. I mean it it exists. It's on it, it'll it's be forever. Now that I have that up there, I have a commercial entity that I can start making money from right away. I mean this thing people could buy this thing out anywhere in the world. You know 24 hours a day. Whether they do, that's another story. That brings me up to the next issue. Now that it exists, and when you're self-published, you don't have a publishing house that does promotions, so it's a little more difficult. At the same time, some of these publishing houses don't really put much into promotion. I've had that happen, which was the case with the, the my book, A Wig Manifesto, which was published. Um, now it's my job to begin to promote the book. And how do I promote the book? Well, I have my social networking. Uh, I've got LinkedIn. So what I did yesterday was I went to the Amazon page, and I, I don't mind, I don't feel like I'm divulging anything here because I want people to do this. I mean, this is how business is going to be done. I went to the Amazon page uh, for the book, a Monkey, The Monkey Trial, and if you click on like, you can then post the book with a comment on your Facebook page, on your Twitter page, and on your LinkedIn page. Uh, with LinkedIn, you have to do it manually, so it doesn't quite go that way. But nevertheless, you can do it. And then immediately what you've done is you've established the announcement of the book on your social networking pages with a link to the Amazon page. So people who look at your social networking they can click on that with the image, and it shows the cover of the book, the whole thing there, and a brief description. They can click on it. It takes them right to the Amazon page. Uh, the Amazon page has a brief description of the book. It has a brief bio of me. And um, hopefully people who do this will consider writing, you know, not only buying it. And, by the way, you can look at it for free. You can browse it, they call it. And when you do, I get a little pay for that, even if people just browse it. And, uh, and and if you like the book, hopefully you might consider writing a little review, which helps promote the book. And that can all be done on the Amazon page. And when you do that in an indirect way, of course, you are promoting yourself uh, and you're getting your name out there. So if you're an author or, or you have a business, you can put that on the review and that helps further your profile in, uh, in business. Anyway, um, once I have it up on my, my Facebook, on my blog talk radio, on my Twitter, um, you know, on my Google page, all of the rest, then I can take it. Like, for example, and I don't know if this is something that – I don't know where. This is kind of getting into the, the, the vast frontier of, of, of marketing. But I can take it, for example, from my Facebook page. And by the way, Facebook has they, they give you a really nice link with an attractive look. It has you can see the cover, you know, and, and the cover I put together I think is pretty good. I mean my daughter created it as I mentioned, it's a bright red color. 
um, you can then link that to there's a way and I don't know if I can describe how to do this but if you get it into a position and again I do these things rather instinctively I'm not like an expert I'm not a technical guy but there's a way that you can get that link into such a format where you can then share it you click share and you can then begin to you know you can then go up to the top of the, that share box and put on private communication and begin to send it out to all of your friends and they get a private link on their page so next time they go to Facebook they'll get like a little red number on the, on the upper left hand corner and if they click on that number then there they see the book with the picture and the whole bit and they can buy it right at Amazon if they choose to now I have well over a thousand Facebook links at this point I probably have about 1,500 to 2,000. And the way I do this, and again, this is, I don't think that there's anything illicit about this, but I would urge people to proceed if you're going to do this and you're promoting your book, uh, proceed with caution. You know, I mean, walk gently on this one. But what you do is you, you have your box there for the share. You go to private communication and you put in the number AA, on the top where you are supposed to send out the, uh, yeah, you know, the link and, and what comes up or A, B, A, C, A, D, A, E, you go right down the alphabet. And each time you put in a combination of letters, up pop the emails of all of your friends whose names or first or last name begin with those letters. So you have to, A, you know, you, you're up to, uh, you know, G.O. for Goldstein. I don't know. You know, you put in G.O., you get all the Goldsteins and all the Goodmans and all the whoever's. And then what you do is you just click on the name until the box is filled up and you send it. And don't the, – the trick to doing this is to do not, do not put in too many in one sitting. You know, I mean, I try to do maybe about 20, 25 names per, per email, no more than that, because if you do more than that, you might be, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you are flying slightly under the radar. You could come to the attention of the uh, the managers over at Facebook and, you know, they, they could cut, cut you off and all that stuff. You don't want that to happen. So you send out, you send it out in small batches. Um, and it's a bit laborious, but it can be done. And it is, again, a way to connect with your personal Facebook link. Now, again, I do not consider this to be spam because every name that comes up, is the name of someone who has requested a friend link to me on my Facebook page, and I've accepted the request. Or I've requested that they become a friend, and they've accepted the request. One way or the other, there was a transaction. It's not like I'm sending it out blindly. So, you know, I did get like a hot letter today about this. Somebody said, oh, how the heck did I get on your list? I, I'll tell you they use stronger language than that. But what I, I sent them back a note simply saying that um, you had friended me a while back and that I apologize, but if you don't want to hear from me, please unfriend me. And uh, if they do that, then, you know, they don't hear from me again. So this is, again, not – I don't consider this to be cold um, emailing. It's not spam because they are on my social network page. Now – I also discovered that I can do this through Twitter. Um, with Twitter, of course, everything with Twitter has to only be so many characters. I don't think you could send out anything with over 200 characters, so you have to do it short. What I've done is I put together a tweet that has uh, just the uh, 
the name of the book and the uh, address to go to Amazon Kindle. And I've put that in a format where it's in my tweet file. I then go to that, I cut and paste it, and I go to all of my Twitter friends. I have, I don't have as many Twitter friends. I'm not as big into Twitter as I am into LinkedIn and Facebook, but I've got some. I think I've got pretty close to 500 Twitter people and hopefully growing. And uh, what you do is you go down your list of Twitter friends, you click on the little icon that shows a, a kind of a, a silhouette of a head, and it says uh, Twitter message, you know. And you, what you do is you click on that, you paste the message into that, and you click send. And by doing this, and Twitter, you, Twitter, you have to, Twitter is a little more sensitive even than Facebook in that you can't go out and do huge quantities right away because Twitter will, you know, the, the, it'll come to their attention and they don't like that. So you just do like about maybe 30, 35, 40 at a time. And then you go back and do more the next day or you go back later that night and do another batch. You can't just go through Twitter, you know, with a heavy hand. So, but by this means, you are sending out a tweet directly in the private box of people who, again, have friended you on Twitter. So I do not consider this in the same reason to be spam as I do not consider doing it on Facebook as spam because these are people who at some point or another, maybe they don't remember, but at some point, they requested and and received friendship from me uh, to be part of my circle of friends on Twitter. So they're getting this notification from me, which was that this book exists, and here's how to get it, with a link to Amazon Kindle. So now that I have the Amazon Kindle book, I am promoting it through my social network. I am sending personal letters to all of the various media figures that have linked to me, particularly through uh, LinkedIn, asking if they might consider having me on their show. And here's how to get the book. You can browse it or I can send you a PDF. And um, I make the pitch. Now, to, to do that, of course, I have a lot of media contacts on LinkedIn. I go to my LinkedIn contacts directly and I just contact them. But I don't even do it necessarily through traditional email because I actually think that doing it through the um, the LinkedIn email gets perhaps even a little more attention than regular email, which gets dumped. It's not that I don't use it. I do. But it's um, it gets a little more attention, and it also lets the recipient know that they had linked with me. So it's not a, a cold call. Um, so that's how I'm doing it. I am promoting the book simply through my social networking. I am very committed to it. I spend a lot of time on it. And I believe that by doing it this way, if I continue on this path, and I'm very excited about it, I will develop some sales of the book uh, through the, uh, the Amazon Kindle. Now, what that means, not only will that mean that I'll make money from it, because I will be, uh, you know, people will be buying it, and I get two bucks and two and a half bucks every time someone does. And uh, by the way, <clears throat> Amazon has a whole mechanism where they literally directly deposit the money into your account, and you can look at, you know, your your progress on a page every day and see if anyone's bought it. It's fantastic. 
But um, the more sales I can get done on Amazon, the more the lower rating my book has. In other words, the lower the rating, the better. And if the book reaches, if the book goes to a certain low level of rating, then Amazon sits up and takes notice because you have to realize that Amazon, they make money from this. They want people to publish. They they want content. So if they're making money from it, if you're selling, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 books a day, Kindles that is, or more, then they're going to take notice and they're going to start to promote it through their own internal mechanism. They start to feature it. They start to put it up on sites. They start to put their weight behind promoting it because they can see that it's something that could make money and they're in. So this is what I'm working on right now. I am really starting to launch this book. Now I'd also point out that I am excited over this because over the past three or four years, even five years, I have written several books, several other books, and they're completed books or almost completed books, and I'm going to have them all self-published on Amazon, uh, Kindle. Um, The next one I'm going to do is a much more current book, and that is uh, what the Republican Party should do now that they've lost the election of 2012. Um, I'm calling this book The Neo-Fabians. Uh, Republicans, you know, Republican uh, Republicans in the age of Obama, uh, which is a very topical book, I think. And um, I'm just uh, now that I've got this access, I'm putting some finishing touches on the manuscript. I'm going to write a new forward to it. I'm going to just put a little bit more stuff in the conclusion because the book is already eighteen thousand words. I mean, this is a big book, and I'm going to have ask my daughter to help me create a new cover for it, or a cover. And then it'll be ready to go. I'll put it up on Amazon Kindle. I'll start to promote it. I'll start to try to get interviews and all that good stuff. And this is all doing stuff. In a sense, I am developing my own media empire. This is all stuff that I can do and am doing on my own right from my little computer, my cheap computer here in Boston where I am sitting right now and doing this broadcast. And I, I, quite frankly, I have six manuscripts that are not published, and I'm going to publish all six of them in order. And I'm going to write. And I, I believe that once I create a critical mass, and these books take on a presence, and all of this stuff is free, which is the amazing thing, um, that that the books will begin to generate income for me, and that I will, in a sense, become the new publishing mogul. I actually am using the name. I've resurrected the name of my old company, which uh, went, it didn't go bankrupt in that I never declared bankruptcy, but it went kaput in 2006. Um, But yet I still have the PayPal account with the name on it. So I've resurrected the name City Metro Enterprises, which means that uh, it doesn't look totally like it's just me, but it does have a company behind it, and it is a company. And uh, so I'm resurrecting my company as the owner of these excellent, I think, manuscripts, works that I've put a lot of work into. I mean, my goal has been, you know, in this short lifetime of mine, to write maybe two books a year, maybe three, for the rest of my life. And I think that if I can, rather than sitting around on my ass waiting for a publisher to step forward, and then once they do, they give me a few pennies, if I can self-publish these on Kindle, and people, and the millions and billions of people who look at Kindle might be interested in buying it, well, 
You know, I mean, I, that's that's all I need. I don't need publishers. Publishers are not, you know, they, they, they're almost, uh, maybe that's a dying breed. I don't know. You know, and I can promote it myself. I don't need the publishing promotion arm. I mean, yes, it's easier. But I've got my network. I've got my media contacts through LinkedIn. I've got my media contacts through Facebook and Twitter. Why do I need the publisher? So, to my way of thinking, this is the future for me. I'm going to further develop my 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 manuscripts by publishing them through uh, Amazon Tw- Amazon Kindle, where I can actually make some money. And by the way, if the book does well on Kindle after a while and it starts to get noticed, there will be publishers who will who might actually contact me and who may want to publish the book. And I will be in a position to then say, sure, you could publish the book, but I want 10000 bucks in advance <laughs> or whatever. You know, in other words, you know, if I am able to build up this social presence, then, yeah, there will be interest, and that, that's huge. So, you know, I feel more vindicated than ever in terms of the amount of time and effort that I've already put into building up this network. And again, this is by somebody, that being me, who doesn't know a heck of a lot about these things. I mean, I'm not a technical guy. I'm just sort of cobbling along here. Um, but I have done this, and now it's uh, it, it's in a position where it could take off. Now, having said that, I still want to do and I still believe in the daily radio program. I've been dedicated to this business. I've been in this business for over 10 years, probably closer to 15 years now. And I still believe that I'm still working very, very hard to launch a program in the city of Boston, uh, a city that, uh, a program that features Boston um, and features conservatives and Republicans in Boston, uh, because I think that that's a necessary outlet for them. Um, and, And I want to do that at this downtown Boston studio of unregular radio, mainly because it's a growing station. It's the biggest talk and music internet station in the local area. Um, it tends to get a younger audience, um, you know, more male than female, tends to be 18 to 35. Um, you know, it's uh, more liberal, certainly, than conservative, which is why I want to be there, because I'm old and conservative. I could be the house conservative, so to speak, and perhaps reach some younger people. Um, and also, once I, if and once I do that, and again, I need sponsors for that, and the sponsors are going to get commercials, they're going to get mentions in the air, they're going to get interviews, they're going to develop a, a presence themselves on Internet radio. That um, that once I get sponsors and, and the show is paid for, and that I'm paid to do it because there's enough left over for me to to get paid, and I'm sick and tired of working for nothing, so you know, that's how I'm going to have to do it. Then I will be in a position where I will have secured a two-hour-per-day program. It'll be a morning program, probably either 9 to 11 or 10 till noon, because that's when I can do it. I have, to, I have family responsibilities I pick up my daughter at school, and I've got other things that I do. So I, I, I have to do those things. Um, so that's when I can do it, and that's when I can get to downtown Boston from my house. And um, once that's up there, and once I'm doing it, and once it's rolling, 
And once I start putting on the guests that I want to put on, local media figures, politicians, artists, musicians, authors, rabbis, priests, nutty people, you know, poets, you know, eccentrics. Once I start getting them to come into the studio, plus I have all of my paid programming where I have lawyers, doctors, businessmen, real estate agents, uh, you know, people offering services, financial services, and they're coming in and they're paying to be on the air and they've got the sponsors. Once that's all that good stuff is happening, and that's where I am trying to move things, and I'm on the air for two hours a day on a station that has excellent fidelity, by the way. The sound quality has been compared to WBZ, which is the biggest and best station in Boston. And once that's happening, and then, of course, I start to go crazy with social networking in terms of promoting it, then I'm going to be in a position where I can develop the on-air program that I've wanted to do. And I can begin to uh, interest and attract regular conventional radio syndication by um, getting regular radio syndicators to sign on, getting stations to sign on one by one, getting small syndicating companies to pick it up, and all that stuff. But first I have to get up and running right there in downtown Boston at Unregular Radio. So my work to do, and what I'm obsessively doing right now and have been doing, as I said, since about a week before Christmas when I started this, is twofold. Number one, and I'm going back and forth, and I'm working on both of these projects. Number one, and first and foremost, is to launch the business of the radio program at Unregular Radio by selling these one-hour interviews and podcasts and by reaching out to potential sponsors. Once those podcasts are interviews are sold and I have enough of them every week, I guess, then the program goes downtown. The other project, of course, that I'm working on is my book on Amazon Kindle. Check it out, The Monkey Trial. Evolutionary Politics in Our Post-Traditional Age Anyway, I want to thank everyone for listening this afternoon I hope I've been helpful here Uh, You're listening to Chuck Morse on Chuck Morse Speaks Monday through Friday 1 to 2 Here at Blog Talk Radio and at Cyber Station USA Radio Network And affiliate stations Um, I want to thank you all for listening Check out my blog site Chuck Morse Speaks And have a good afternoon everybody